0: For your listening pleasure, this is the Grade 5
1: Podcast Series. The Grade 5 Podcast Series. series. So, welcome back, everyone. This is the Grade 5 Podcast Series. I'm Ronnie, and today I have a guest with me, John Lind.
0: Hi, Ronnie. Hey,
1: John. Um, Today we're going to talk about the road to Guangdong, population, economy, and migration. So, where do you want to start?
0: Well, can you tell me a little bit about the history?
1: So, the history of the, it's called the largest internal migration in the world. And internal migration means that it's like um, somebody within that country moves to another part of the country.
0: So it's like the opposite of an external migration?
1: Yeah, or some people call it immigration. This is just migration. It's within the same country. So it actually started in about 1978, where mostly rural Chinese people, so people who lived on farmlands and um, countryside areas, moved to cities that had manufacturing as the main economy
0: what changed in 1978 that started this
1: china was opening up its doors and opening up to foreign investors and they did so in a strategic way what they did is they created these special economic zones and created um, economic reforms and policies that created tax incentives that allowed for foreign investors to come in and they started opening up factories and creating all of these job opportunities uh, for Chinese citizens. And three out of the four first of these special economic zones was in the Guangdong province, one of them being Shenzhen, Shantou, and Zhuhai, um, and another one Xiamen in the Fujian province. And they were so successful that in 1984, they created 14 more along the coast.
0: Why did they create uh, so many of them in Guangdong province?
1: Something else to know about the Guangdong province is that it's in the southeast of China, and it's a tropical and subtropical climate. So it produces food year-round. There's a lot of rice crops, there's a lot of fruits and vegetables, and with all of the waterways and rivers for the shipping, there's also a big fishing a farming community here so it can support such a growing population with its food production
0: so probably don't have to worry about winter like snow
1: exactly right so factories and things can stay open all year round you know to answer some of those questions about the changes in the Guangdong province we would like to introduce you to uh, Mr. Feng he is one of our community member's parents and he came in and answered some of the questions you know he's been here for about forty years um, kind of grew up in this area and you know he's really seen the change from twenty years ago thirty years ago until now and um, let's listen to one of the little interesting facts he had to say One of the things that he's talking about right now is that in before 1980s, Dongguan was actually an extension of Huizhou. It wasn't its own major city, major metropolis. Um, Before 1980s, it took about 20 minutes to go around to go around the entire city of Dongguan on a bicycle, not a car, a bicycle. But now, I mean, it takes almost two to three hours in a car if traffic is okay. Uh, one of the other things he talks about is the local people that have lived here their entire life now have to use a GPS to navigate around the city streets. It's mind boggling. He can't imagine how much this city has changed in these and it's only thirty years, twenty six years, from nineteen eighty until today. It's crazy. One of the thing that Mr. Feng was talking about as well is this change that happened within the culture. You have all of these migrants from many different regions, provinces in China moving to the Guangdong province, and they bring their own culture, they bring their history, they bring their traditions. And that's, you know, one part of it. This other part is that there's this big economy boom. I mean, China's producing all kinds of products and, you know, new things, and combine that together, and it's it's a big explosion of different lifestyles and lifestyle changes. And one of the things he talked about was before, Before 1980s, you know, um, he gave a generalization of the Dongguan people liked, had simple lifestyles, you know. They had mm, five major luxury items that included a bicycle, a watch, a fan, you know, very simple, um, very traditional things. And now, you know, people are spending money on these lavish lifestyles with the latest and greatest phone, makeup, hair products, new clothes, new this, new that, you know. And the b- the bike isn't one of the luxury items, you know, it's a car. And it's not just the, you know, really cheap, easy to get car. It's the more expensive, it's the prettier, it's the faster, it's the better, you know. And this change was, uh, is one of the things that he says was, you know, one of the big differences that he's noticed.
0: Wow, um, with so many people moving here, uh, it has to have changed the environment and landscape of the, the area.
1: Yeah, as you know, the pollution in this area, is the air quality is a lot worse now than it was. And while China is trying to make reforms right now to kind of counteract the effect, there has been a lot of damage. Air pollution, ocean pollution with so many ports and so many ships. There's just... It's it's really not good for the environment.
0: Um, what, what kind of changes have there been with working conditions for people?
1: Well, that's also... Uh, there are a lot of changes happening with that. Because of the migration and people moving from other districts there's been an issue with residency permits and when people move here they can't automatically they're they're not automatically eligible for um proper housing education health care because their residency is in another uh, province. Hmm. So when people move here, there's a lot of issues with migrants. And if migrants um, come here and they have families having their children have access to healthcare, education, that's really one of the big issues with this whole migration. And also the working conditions of the factories because a lot of foreign investors have come here because it's cheaper labor. There's automatically um, issues with factories and with workers' rights and workers' access to safe environments. So those are some of the big impacts and some of the issues that China is having to deal with.
0: That all sounds very complicated. What what kind of things are in store for the future of Guangdong?
1: Well, actually, recently, um, about 10 years ago, China created more special economic zones, the SEZs that we were talking about earlier, and more areas were created inland. So maybe people don't have to move, migrants don't have to move as far because factories and um, economy incentives, economic incentives are being set up inland and around those areas. But again, with the environmental and the social impacts of those, we're not really sure. Maybe people that are living in Dongguan right now or in the Guangdong area province might move home maybe more people will be moving we're not really sure and with such a rapid increase in population there's a lot of food security questions because you know China imports rice it's no longer able to use the rice within rice produced within China to feed its population growth So. There's a lot of questions about the future with that.
0: Wow, what an interesting time to be living in southern China.
1: Well, thank you, John, for being here and for talking through some of these interesting topics with us. Thank you again to Mr. Fung for being here and being interviewed. And thanks, Grade 5 and the listeners and all the wonderful people that put this podcast together. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. hope you learned a little bit. And stay tuned for the next episode. See ya. The, the Grade 5 Podcast Series.